You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. Waterloo Industries, making the best tattoo artist workstations on the market. Check out waterloo-tattoo-storage.com for a workstation that's been designed for your specific needs as a tattoo artist. waterloo-tattoo-storage.com This is Joe Swanson with Sullen Radio. If you're like me and have had a loved one affected by cancer, you know how difficult it can be on families and loved ones. Tattoos Cure Cancer is a nonprofit that has been helping to fight cancer since July 2013. 50% of all donations given to support this podcast will be donated on the listener's behalf to Tattoos Cure Cancer. Head over to SullenRadio.com and donate any amount to support this show and a great cause. Thank you. This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, the premier art-driven podcast. All right, well, let's get into it. Hey, everybody, this is Joe Swanson. I want to welcome my guest today, tattooer uh, Justin Hartman. I'm excited to have him on, and, and this is a guy that's killing it right now. And amazing, amazing style, man. Where, where did this style develop for you, Justin? Um, you're out of Arizona, right? Uh, no, I recently moved to San Diego um, in September. But you came up, did you come up tattooing? You came up tattooing out of Arizona, right? Yeah, yeah, I tattooed in Arizona for about eight years. Mm-hmm. Is do you think that you were? Is that a style? The style that you're kind of in right now, which is a very illustrative um, style of tattooing, very dynamic, a lot of flow to it. Is that something you were you were developing and and something right from the beginning? Um, yeah, I, I guess in a sense, you know, it's something I've kind of always been developing without even realizing it, you know, like, um, I think when I was about like 10 years old, I started, I started drawing, uh, faces, you know, just whoever famous people, um, I just, I was always intrigued by, by drawing faces for whatever reason. And then I, as I got older, I started kind of drawing comic book style as well, a little bit like with the faces and, uh, you know, everything eventually just kind of meshed. Like I, um, I guess I thought I was going to be more of a portrait artist when I got into tattooing because I didn't really do illustrative type work mm-hmm. um and then uh one, one of the guys that kind of took me in uh timo sanders he was he was there a lot during my apprenticeship and he got me doing like traditional work and um you know i wasn't really a traditional artist but learning that that background it all it all kind of meshed and became what it is you know right do you, do you think it's a do you feel like you've hit your stride with that style or do you feel it's a constant you continue to constantly develop it. Is it, is it, um, you mean like, is the style always kind of changing and still developing? Yeah. I mean, do you find yourself using kind of the same, the same process or how, how do you incorporate and kind of keep things fresh? Um, I guess, you know, I'm always, I'm always trying to kind of, just do something a little different maybe every time, you know, and it's, it's something I really don't even notice. You know, it just comes from, you know, uh, most people know me for, for drawing, uh, girl heads, you know, so it's just having to do so many of them, you kind of have to switch it up because you can't do the same one over and over, you know? So, um, it kind of just comes from that. Like, what can I do to make this different and you not just do the same thing every, every time. So, yeah, it's uh, it's cool that um, 
it's cool that you can, in this day and age with tattooing the way it is, you can develop a style as an artist. It, it's not like it was once was where you had to do everything. You know, anything that walked through the door, you can be, you can really make your mark in any in this industry now with with one particular style. You know, we had Big Me's on the show. And that guy straight from the beginning was like, I'm a lettering artist, you know, and he developed that and he pushes that and that's what he's doing. And so it's it's exciting right. to see, you know, how the industry has changed. Do you think it's changed for the better? I mean, this is it's such a big behemoth thing that we're in now, you know, tattooing and, and it's changed so dramatically, even in the last few years. How, how do you right. how have you found your way, man, in, in tattooing? Uh, I mean. Social media helps a lot, you know. Um, I remember, uh, you know, basically social media has just become everybody's portfolio. Um, it's just a way to get your work to a mass audience. So, uh, you know, that definitely helps um, bring my name up. I kind of, I had these prints, like, the, you know, the couple, the couple swollen shirts I had, the moth, the moth girl and the, the girl with the widow on her face. Mm-hmm. Um those those started out as prints. So I was doing shows and I wasn't really tattooing because you know I, I couldn't really book appointments beforehand. So I was just getting those prints out there and those were getting reposted and circulated. And, and then before I knew it, people were booking appointments for shows and you know. So yeah, how, so really the the art the the art that you were doing the prints that you were doing really was push ended up pushing the tattooing in the beginning then. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, I remember doing, you know, doing Ink and Iron. I had people walking up and they'd see my banner, which had the big uh, widow girl on it. And they'd be like, oh, you're that guy, you know? And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. People were starting to recognize stuff, you know? So mm-hmm. it, was, it was mostly the prints that got my name out there. And then, you know, I guess uh, I was tattooing as well, obviously. But um, Sure. Yeah. But prints was it. It was just an easy way to, to kind of get get out there and get circulated and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's a good, it's a good lead into, um, I had a couple people that, uh, submitted some questions through sullenradio.com's question everything page. If you guys want to get involved with, um, with, uh, submitting some questions for upcoming guests, uh, head over to sullenradio.com. You can do that right there. Uh, Malachi asks, Hey, Justin, I love your work. I noticed you put a black widow symbol on almost all of your tattoos. Why is that? Um, there's really no, no reason. It's kind of just, fun to do um to be honest i kind of i kind of stole the idea from uh timo again that guy that you know brought me up a lot during my apprenticeship uh he puts a little heart in every one of his girls you know so <laughs> right I, I thought it was kind of cool to have like a symbol you know so um being that the, the black widow one was like the first print that i did that got noticed uh there was a giant one like a giant hourglass in the back of that uh mm-hmm. print and so i figured you know what better little symbol to throw in so plus i, I the the little hourglass is kind of the thing I find intriguing about tattoos is that if you're putting all this effort and all this work into something that's eventually gonna just fade away. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. people age and you know pass on, and so you know tattoos they're all they're all temporary. You know. You know you talked about Timo, um, one of the guys that you worked with early on. For those of you who are interested, there's a great podcast um, that you were on as well. I heard you on a podcast uh, from a guy, I forget the guy's name, John something out of uh, Arizona. And he does a great Campfires in uh, Carbon, I think is the name of the podcast. And dude, that Timo guy's got some great stories, dude. 
he's he's you know i've never met the guy he seems like quite a character great great podcast interview it was it was one of the first ones i listened to that that guy had had put out yeah yeah um yes i i don't know if it's i think it's Carbon and Campfire, I'd probably say it backwards, but the guy that hosted his name is John Garber, really cool guy. Um, and uh, yeah, Timo, Timo's great, man. He's he's a fun dude to be around. He's actually he's done a solo shirt, so I'm, you should get him on phone radio sometime. Yeah, man, I'll have to I'll have to reach out to him, or or you can you can pass him on my info for sure. How did that connection with Sullen happen for you? Uh, MySpace, actually, all the way back when people were still doing that damn um, you're getting old school on it dude yeah yeah <laughs> i uh i was just posting tattoos and you know prints and whatever and uh ryan actually sent me a message through myspace and he's like hey i really like your your artwork i was wondering if you'd be interested in doing a shirt and then um so you know we sorted out the details and the, the first thing i actually submitted to them got rejected because uh there was there was a lot of blood in it and they said they couldn't um they couldn't market it to some of the stores they like to, to get into. So I, mm-hmm. I kind of redid it and came out with the, uh, like 2010. It was like a crow and a, and a girl. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah. How, how is that working with, um, you know, not only with companies, but obviously with the client, how much of the, the client do you like to have, how much of the client's idea do you like to take and how, how much of yourself do you like to impart into these pieces? And there's obviously a balance there, but um, what's that formula for you? Um, to be honest, the less information they give me, the better. But uh, at the same time, I need some information. Like I find it really hard when people are like, just do whatever you want. Cause I don't, you know, unless I know them, I don't really know what they're into, what they're going to like. Um, but I usually like, you know, for instance, let's say somebody wants a girl because that's what I get most often. So they say, like, I want a girl with a dagger and, you know, some sort of flower or something. You know, like, that's about as specific as I like it to be. Um, because if they're like, you know, I want this place here and I want this here, then you're kind of restricted to those, mm-hmm. you know, to that composition or whatever they want. And then you can't really, you can't really, uh, I find it hard to create that way. I find it very limiting. So. Mm-hmm. Where do you go from there then? If they give you these basic elements, how do you decide whether you're going to do, for, for you personally as an artist, how do you decide whether you're going to do a rose or whether you're going to do a mum or whether you're going to, you know, put a this particular dagger or that particular dagger? Where does that development come from for you? Um. Well, I mean, if, I start with the main subject matter, like if it's uh, like if it's a girl or if it's a lion or whatever. You know, I start, I draw that first, and I usually just draw like a big circle where I want a flower or you know something like that. And then uh, so, and then I'll put those elements in. It's it's kind of random. I don't really have a way of deciding what's what. I guess it's just whatever I'm feeling at the time. Yeah, whatever. And then, uh, whatever you know, flows. Yeah, just you know, sometimes I'll just look up different flowers online and find something cool, try something different there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll just stick with a rose, but do you have, yeah, a, you know, I just kind of, what's that? No, no, go ahead. You just have a, I was just, just saying like, you know, I'll just, you know, you're talking about adding daggers or stuff like that. And I'll just, I guess I just keep sketching until I get it to a point that it looks right. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. That's pretty much the formula. Do you, do you have a, uh, do you have a favorite time that you like to draw or, um, that, that, that those ideas kind of come easier for you? Uh, I guess I usually draw at night. Um, 
Like I usually draw the night before the appointment, unless it's a really big piece like a sleeve or a pack piece. But uh, you know, sometimes I get stuck. Like if I get stuck at night, I'll I'll get up early, and then it just comes to me a lot faster in the morning. So I think I think I'm I'm I should draw in the morning. I think it you know it, it seems to come a little easier, but usually at night I say is when I draw. Yeah, is uh, knowing that it comes easier in the morning. Is there what's the reason that it, just the way that your scheduling is that you that you don't do as much drawing in the morning or um you know if i'm being truthful it's because i don't like getting up early <laughs> like yeah i heard that man i hate that shit too yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah being uh having to get to work at noon you know we're a little spoiled with sleeping in so. yeah yeah do, do you keep that pretty much that standard 12 to 12 to 8 schedule or do you like to flex it at all or um yeah i i kind of i don't have a set schedule because i'm uh, I rent the space that I'm working in, you know, in the shop, but, um, but I, I kind of keep myself on a, you know, I set myself a schedule that I try to adhere to usually like 1230 to seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, what, how long of sessions do you like to do? I was talking to, um, some other guys that are doing these long ass sessions, man, like six to nine, you know, 10 hours. Yeah. Um, I book a lot of full day sessions and, and that's the time, twelve thirty to seven. Like, you know, we start at twelve thirty, we end usually around seven. Unless I'm about done, you know, we'll go a little later. But mm-hmm. um yeah, like nine, ten hours, man, that's that's too long. Like I feel if I sit there that long that I'm just gonna start making bad decisions and you know and just yeah. ruining the piece. So I feel that like, you know, six and a half hours it's that's about the time that the client's pretty much over it too. And mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, I they're kind of hurting and you're, you've been sitting all day working on something and your mind's been going all day. So I feel that's a good, that's a good amount of time. Yeah. How do you like San Diego, man? That's one of the places that I've visited. One of the cities that I've been in that I love, I love the, the restaurants down there. I love the beach down there. I love the weather down there. What, what drew you down that way? Um, well, I mean, I've always liked San Diego. It was always kind of a vacation spot, you know? Um, I brought my wife down here before we got married. This is where I proposed to her, um, which actually had nothing to do with us, with the reason being that we moved here. But she, uh, she's a makeup artist. She came out here a lot and did makeup. She was always coming to L.A. or, you know, Orange County, San Diego. So uh, she decided, you know, or I guess we decided that uh, California would be the place to be, you know. And just she could, uh, She did a lot more work. She'd be busier, so. Yeah, uh, no, but I kind of had to build up my name first before we could do that, so I could be busy too, you know. So. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm sure it's nice being somewhat close to LA. You know, you can get in the mix with what's going down, you know, on down there. But you're far enough away, removed from the hustle and bustle of it that that it's yeah, you know, a little a little nicer. Well, the plan was originally to uh, to move to LA because. Um, I was, I was talking to the guys at Unbreakable about maybe working there, um, but something about the idea of LA, man, like like you said, it's it's, it's too it's too crazy for me. Like I, I couldn't get excited about the idea of living in LA as excited as I was to work in that shop. You know, I just uh, I don't know. I think San Diego was a, a better fit for me mm-hmm. as a place to live. You know, so yeah. What's what kind of stuff do you like to do outside of tattooing, surf, or anything like that? Nah, I wish I could surf, man, but. Shit, you're in San Diego, uh, never, dude. You can surf. 
I could I could try. I've I've tried before. I've never caught a wave in my life. I caught like half a wave boogie boarding once. Um, <laughs> half a wave boogie boarding. That's good, man. You got to get a, like a. That's about it. You got to get like a nine foot or a nine one or a, you know a, a longboard. You know, start out like that. Um, find find yeah, a yeah. cool spot that's like longboard. You know, ready and dude, you find nothing else that's like that, man. When you catch a wave, I don't know if you've snowboarded or or skateboarded, but it's on another level. For sure, you know it's oh, super sure. fun. I, I'd just be like, I'd be that guy getting in the way of everybody the most. <laughs> they do like, I just piss everybody off. But, but yeah, I've, uh, I grew up in Colorado, so I've been snowboarding since I was like twelve. Yeah, you know somebody else, uh, somebody else submitted a question, you know, about that. You grew up in Grand Junction, right? I did. Yeah. Well, how was that growing up? What would tell tell me about that? And and um, Lily asked. Hey, Justin, you and Grime both uh, are from Grand Junction, Colorado. Is it true that Grand Junction is such a horrid town that you inspired you and Grime to become phenomenal artists and escape? <laughs> she says, thank you and much love. Um, <laughs> you know, I can't say it's a horrible town, but, uh, I, you know, I guess at the same time, I, as soon as I graduated, I got out of there. But um, it's just, I don't know, it's just a small town close to Utah, man. It's, it's uh you know, I can't say that I was super, super cool in high school or anything. You know, I had like my group of friends and hmm. I don't know. It, I, uh, I'd been to Arizona before and it was just more appealing to me. And, uh, but uh, growing up there is like a uh, small town growing up. You know, you just you go party in the desert and get in trouble. Yeah. How did you deal with the snow? Uh, <laughs> I guess. Just the only way you can, you know, just bundle up. And, yeah. 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 That part was pretty brutal at times, you know, but yeah, it's like anywhere else, you know, like Arizona, it's like 115 degrees. Sometimes you just, you kind of learn to adjust and yeah, you that's, just gotta do it. Yeah, man. I don't know. Arizona is like going into the belly of the beast, man. I've, I've been out there once I did, um, Sage's, uh, convention one time and taught a, taught my painting seminar there, <laughs> um, a handful of years ago. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could deal in in Arizona. I could visit, I'm sure, you know, but to live there, I don't think I could deal with that heat. Yeah, I mean, I moved there in July, um, 2001, and as soon as I got there, I was like, "Dude, what did I get myself into, man? It's, <laughs> it's like crazy hot, but it's it's almost like a hair dryer just blowing in your face." But holy shit! Yeah, I mean, you get used to it, and it's you kind of just you go from air conditioning car to air conditioned you know building house yeah that's know. what that's what i heard people you know say about that, those kind of spots like arizona and vegas it's like you can deal with it because you're only walking yeah from your car to your job or from your car to your house you know or vice versa and it's yeah ac on lock for sure yeah <laughs> the one time i was moving it was like you know i was like all right i'm getting out of this heat soon because we moved i moved right after summer so mm-hmm. you know it really kind of started to get to me you know when i was going to be out of it soon yeah, so, absolutely. I, I won't miss that, you know. So. <laughs> no, San Diego's a lot, a lot better temperature, right? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> what? So um, <clears throat> yeah, so far, so far. What's uh, what's your favorite medium, man? To to uh, to paint in or do mostly in watercolor, or do you like? Have you explored oils and acrylics and and some of the other outlets? Yeah, um, you know, I've I've tried oils a few times and. Uh, I, like I've tried oil and I've tried acrylic and I just have unfinished paintings. Like <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever get back to them or not, but I usually do liquid acrylic. Um, mm-hmm. 
I, I guess it's it's kind of what I learned when I started tattooing. That's kind of how everybody else around me was painting, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, I picked up on that, and I guess I finally feel like I'm I'm you know got got the hang of that. So I want to I want to start uh, painting in acrylic because I feel like it, it better suits my style. Like I I, I kind of build up, you know. And sometimes mm-hmm. you ruin the paper doing that with liquid acrylic. But uh, I guess I'm afraid to take a step back, as lame as that sounds, you know. Like go back to something where I don't know what I'm doing as much, you know. And, yeah, that can be scary and that can be exciting at the same time, you know. Uh, I'm sure. I'm in that same position with, you know, I've watercolored, man, since 18 years since I started tattooing. I've I've s- figured out how to spit shade. I figured out how to paint flash. And I've been doing that and I've been exploring different ways of, you know, working with, with uh, liquid acrylic or working with watercolor, or working with tube, you know, gouache and shit like that. Um, but, man, same yeah. thing, man, you know acrylics or something and oils i don't think i can jump all the way into oils i think um i think i want to do i have a i have a couple half painted (laughs) acrylic pieces as well you know and one thing that somebody told me about it it was uh damon conklin from super genius tattoo in seattle told me i was sharing a booth with him at i think it was like the paradise it was paradise tattoo gathering in colorado and he told me, he's like, man, watercoloring is like diffusing a time bomb for him. And, you know, yeah. an oil painting, he says it's relaxing because I can look at a, he goes, I can look at a canvas and I can see that I can go any direction with it. And if I start building something up and I don't like it, well, I can, I can change the direction to, to go. And he said, it's super, you know, it's super freeing, you know, uh, way of painting or, or a medium to paint with because of that fact. Sure. Yeah, I could totally see that because mm-hmm. I mean, liquid acrylic, you kind of mess up and you're, you're screwed, you know, you can't really paint over it. Yeah, you have to be planned. I mean, it has to be planned, you know, which, yeah. Um, again, is all part of it. You know, it, it's all part of that art process, you know, the the planning stage and the and the preparation and and it all comes down to the, you know, creating this final product. But um. Yeah, it's exciting. Are you going to take, do you think you're going to take some classes or how do you think you'll make that leap into, into, into painting? Um, to be honest, I've been talking to, uh, you know, I was supposed to go paint with Gustavo, um, Gustavo Ramada. I hope I, I hope I didn't say his last name wrong. But, Gustavo uh, Ramada. That guy is a badass. Like I, I've, I've met yeah, him, that, I've met him a couple, awesome. yeah, I met him a couple times and such a good dude. Definitely want to have him yeah. on, um, Man, what what is it about his his stuff you like? Ah, oh, dude, I mean, his stuff's amazing. I mean, it's super smooth, it's super clean, it's uh, you know, just everything he does is awesome. And he's like, he's super cool guy. So you know, mm-hmm. um, met him a few years ago to show, and you know, keep in contact with him. And uh, when I was living in Arizona, I was supposed to, I was talking to him about going and and painting with him for a few days, you know. So um, eventually, I, I'd I'd like to still still do that, you know. I gotta figure out a time make sure it's the worst for him and everything but mm-hmm. uh that that'll probably be my approach you know kind of sit with him and watch him and see what he does mm-hmm. yeah he's been doing he's been doing some incredible stuff um with uh the lana del rey stuff the lana del rey series that he's doing some big yeah. pieces and really wonderful man he, he's he's very talented for sure yeah yeah he really is yeah his works great what do you, what do you, man? What do you like about tattooing nowadays? You know, it's changed. You, you've been tattooing since when? Did you say? 
Um, I started my apprenticeship in 2003, I think. No, 2004, December 2004. Um, Two-year apprenticeship, so I've I've been tattooing since then. So what was that, like eight, almost nine years? Yeah, yeah. um, so what was the question? What, well, do, just, I, what, what do, do I like about it? What do you it? like about it? It's changed so much. You know, it's become, it's become, you know, it's constantly evolving and it's constantly right. moving and um, it's not like it was, you know, even a hand, even a couple years ago. Well, what do you like about right. it and what frustrates you about it? Um, well, what I like about it, um, you know, it, it gives you an awesome reason to, to travel the world, you know, like I have, I now have friends in other countries just through tattooing, you know. Um, so there's there's tons of places I can go, and you know, people let you into their homes and take you in. And um, you know, I, I got friends I never even actually met in person, you know. Like uh, <laughs> right. there's artists there's artists that I've trade paintings with, and you know, they'll I'll text them something and be like, hey, what do you think of this? Or what should I do here? And they'll do the same. But we've never actually ran into each other, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's really cool. It kind of brings a bunch of artists together, you know. Kind of, it's a pretty small, pretty small uh, tattoo world, you know. Yeah, I think so too. I think that that even though it's it's this big giant industry, there's still this small community. And I've made a distinction on my other podcast, um, just that just that distinction. You know that there's this there's this industry that's you know whatever it is, the sixth fastest growing industry you know, a couple, as of a couple years ago. And then there's this community, which is groups of artists that are like-minded, you know, similar to Sullen. Um, and, and it doesn't even have to be like surrounded around a company. It can be just a handful of dudes that just text each other, keep in contact, critique each other, you know, um, and shit like that. So yeah, it's exciting to, to have that connectivity, you know, and, and to be able to keep those communities tight knit, you know, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I can't even tell you how much I've learned just from, just from talking to other artists, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, um, like, I almost feel like, like that's where I'm, like, uh, to be inspired by other artists, a lot of it's just from just from talking to them, having mm-hmm. conversations with them. Yeah, do you like travel? Yeah. Do you like to travel? Or uh, I mean, obviously, seeing other places can be exciting. It's, you know, it definitely comes with, with some challenges. Uh, is it fun for you to to travel around to um, conventions and things like that? Or is, is it becoming, I don't know how big of a travel schedule you keep it over the last few years, but um, it, can, it can be a grind as well. Yeah. Um, I, I do. I do like it. Um, to be honest, I mean, I, I don't do a ton of shows. Um, I, I do probably about, you know, last year I didn't do hardly any cause I was busy selling my house and moving and stuff. But, uh, this year I've got, you know, I just did Austin. I just got back from there. Um, I'm doing the Summit Show in Colorado in March. And then uh, I might be doing Hawaii as well. And so far, that's all I have planned. Um, I, I really like doing guest spots. I feel it's a better, uh, you know, it's it's a more ideal environment to tattoo in. Like, conventions, I feel they're a little hectic. You know, the lighting's always a little poor. And, um, so it, they're not my, it's not my favorite to that too at a, at a convention, you know, but, right. um, How but do you, I, I go more cause it's, cause it's fun. You know, you, you run into a lot of people you haven't seen in a while and you know, sure. give people like an opportunity to get tattooed in another state that can't travel to you. And, you know, so I, I do, I try to do a few a year at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think it's, um, 
I see with a lot of the guys that are that are at that top level where you're at, you know, they almost have to maintain a bit of a travel schedule to get themselves out there and, and allow people to access them that might not be able to travel, you know, to San Diego or to the LA area. Um, how much of it, how much is travel a key to the success that you've that you have had up to this point? I think it's it's very important to to travel and get yourself out there, especially at shows. Um, like I was saying, when I when I had those prints and I wasn't really tattooing, I'd I'd go to people that I admired, you know, and be like, oh hey, I'm so and so, here's a print, you know, and, you know, give them, you know, introduce myself and hopefully give them something that you know they'll they'll remember me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, but yeah, that's that's how I met I met tons of people that you know that turned into you know guest spots or uh, you know friendships and. Um, yeah, I feel that when you're starting out, um, trying to build up a name, I feel that you you should do conventions if you, if you want to get out there, you know? Right. Did you have any, no other, you have any starstruck moments where you're at a convention and, and guys that you looked up to and that you were, it was, it was not only exciting to meet them, but it was nerve wracking to meet them as well. Do you remember any of those butterflies in the stomach moments? Oh, Sure. Um, yeah, if it is, if, you know, more than anything, it's just really intimidating going up to somebody you admire and being like, well, here's my work, you know, like, mm-hmm. cause it, you, you feel like, you know, they, they compliment you and you feel like, ah, you're just being nice, you know, but, <laughs> um, at least that's how you feel, you know, cause I'm self-critical and whatever, but, um, yeah, I mean, tons of people like, uh, meeting, uh, Jeff Gogway was a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that guy, he He's inspired me for years, you know. Um, then uh, finally, I, I went to Australia. I got to, you know, I stayed with uh, Rachel Park. She goes by Rachie Brains on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, like, I've been a huge fan of her work for years. I found her in a magazine like before social media kind of blew up and, you know, everybody started getting it out that way. But, uh, yeah, meeting her was kind of crazy. And, you know, and then she wanted me to tattoo her, so I was, like, stressing out about that. <laughs> How, how do you but, uh, deal with that? How do you deal with that when it's obviously it's another it's a client that is it's just it, it isn't just another client, you know, but it's also somebody that, you know, does the same thing you do are, are in the same craft. They do it really, really well. How do you deal with that added pressure of tattooing, um, uh, uh, you, you know, know, somebody that's that's in the industry? Uh, I mean, you have to kind of just push it down, you know what I mean? Like, just, just treat it like it's, it's just another tattoo, you know what I mean? Like, you want to make it good, but, you know, I'm trying to make every tattoo that I do a good tattoo, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's almost one of those things, you try too hard, you're going to you're gonna screw it up, you know? So kind of just push it down and treat it like anything else and just just do the best tattoo you can, you mm-hmm. know? Is but there? It, it's a little intimidating. Yeah, absolutely. I can I can imagine, you know, I've been in... in similar situations tattooing people that that not only do I admire but that uh also do this you know so it, it is it's it's something that's a different experience for sure is there music man that um that inspires you to to or or gets you in a right mindset to to tattoo or design um your pieces oh yeah for sure um what do you like in pretty much like I really like Tool, Perfect Circle, you know, anything that uh, that Maynard does. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I play that a lot when I draw or 
thing or whatever. Um, I like a lot of, you know, sometimes super mellow stuff. Um, every time I get asked this question, I just draw a blank and can't think of it. <laughs> you ever heard of the band uh, Morphine? The band Morphine? Is that yeah. Uh-huh. No. You should I check uh-uh. check them out. They're pretty cool. Um, they're not they're not around anymore. I think they had like three or four albums. Um, I think the lead singer ended up dying of a heroin overdose or some shit. Um, oh, but uh, super cool. They had they were a three piece band. They had a stand up. Um, what they had a bass, a what was it? It was weird. It was a bass saxophone, a bass guitar, and something else. And Man, it, it was it's cool. It's cool shit. It's it's kind of mellow, kind of, um, but real dope. I, I I I've been listening to them for a, a lot of years, and uh, just kind of reacquainted myself with them, and I've been digging it. I've been digging it lately. Morphine, you said. Yeah, yeah. They're cool. they're uh, man. I don't even know where I came across them. It was years, you know, years ago um, that that I that I found out about them. I think when I first started tattooing, actually a little bit after I first started tattooing and they have their album cure for pain is man. All, so many good songs, so many good songs on there. So nice. Yeah. yeah check it out. Um, um it, yeah, I don't know. Other than that, I guess, you know, I like Pink Floyd a lot. Silver Sun pickups, Queens of the Stone Age, you know, do you like, I guess it's rock. Yeah. Yeah. No, I dig, I dig, um, I'll listen to, I'm totally addicted to like, I'll pull, pull out those old ones, you know, those old bands every once in a while, like morphine, or there was this band called the gear daddies. That was a, an old Minnesota band that I'll listen to sometimes, but then I get addicted to the same shit. Like I'll, I'll listen to right now. I've been listening to Van Morrison and, or, uh, either problem or I am Sue radio on, on Pandora and problem problems are like LA rapper. I am Sue's like a Bay area, Richmond rapper. Like, dude, I, I don't know what it is. That shit just, I love tattooing to that shit, man. <laughs> the doors Back are good the too. Station. Who, the doors? Yeah. The doors are fucking kill it all the time. Anytime. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I think my Pandora stations I listen to right now while tattooing is, uh, you ever heard of Dax Riggs? Uh-uh. He's like, he's, uh, I don't know, he's like kind of bluesy, but kind of like dark rock. But um, like Dax Riggs slash Queens of the Stone Age station, and then uh, we play Russian Circles Pandora at the, at the shop too a lot. Okay, I'll have so to check. Those. Yeah, I'll have to check those out for sure. So Yeah, yeah. What's... Good. What's what's next for you, man? Like, um, you're in San Diego. You said you're going to travel a little bit more this year. What, what's next up on on uh, your goals of things that you want to accomplish? I really just want to paint more, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to book myself a little less crazy so I I can get more time to paint. Because like I got to San Diego and it was like a moment of you know like holy shit I don't have any local clientele you know so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started booking and I, I filled up super quick and, you know, I was busting out, like I had to draw three to four new big pieces a week and it, it was crazy. And it was, it was a little overwhelming, you know, cause I just booked it all at once, like for the year. And then I had, I, all I did was draw, you know, cause I always had to come up with new pieces to tattoo. But, um, mm-hmm. so this year now it's the thing that came out of that. That's really cool is now 
uh, you know, I'm, I'm booking a lot of continuing pieces, so I have to draw for tattoos less, which means I can I can paint a little more, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, so, do you? Um, how has that balance been for you to figure out that schedule? How quickly has that kind of come together, or is is it something that's just recent? Like this year, you kind of have figured out a good system for yourself. I'm still trying to figure out a good system for myself. <laughs> like, you know, I, I got like, I, I kind of, I, I close my books off a lot. Like, you know, like, all right, I'm not taking the appointments now because I have so many people that I've, I've agreed to tattoo them, but I, I told them like, I can't get you in yet. And I don't know when I will be able to, but when I can, I'll hit you up. And I have so many of those people that, uh, I kind of just, I had to cut it off, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I feel bad doing it cause I don't want to be like, Oh, I'm not going to tattoo you because you know, there's people that want to get tattooed and I appreciate those people and the, the inquiries and stuff. It's just, it, it's really kind of overwhelming. And, mm-hmm. um, I used to have somebody to help me with that kind of stuff. And, uh, at the shop I was at before and now I'm kind of doing it all on my own and it's a lot to keep track of, man. It's, it's crazy. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, to get an assistant and stuff like that. And so I'll, I'll figure it out. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out a system, man. It's tough. Yeah, no, I think a lot of guys deal with that when things change from, you know, struggling to book up a week to having, you know, months booked up. That can be completely overwhelming. You know, it's, and, and like you said, you get to this point where you're on the constant hustle for, new ideas and new designs. And even though people are giving you somewhat, you know, especially probably in a, in a situation like yours where you want very minimal information and a lot of it comes, you know, a lot of the design comes from just out of your head and, and man, that can be, that can be taxing to, to try to create that many, you know, exciting pieces. So. Right. It'd be like a songwriter trying to write a new song every day, you know? Yeah. Right. It's hard, man. Yeah, exactly. What um what kept you going to when you when you were in the middle of that? What kept you what kept you motivated? What did you find were the things that you needed to maintain that kind of that kind of grind? Um, you know, I think it's just one of those things that, you know, you book these people, you got I, I get a lot of people traveling from elsewhere. Uh I think I've tattooed maybe four or five people from San Diego since I moved here. <laughs> um everybody else has been from wherever else you know so uh it's one of those things you know you, you book them they're gonna they're gonna spend a lot of money on flight and hotel and this and that so you, you just you just do it man like mm-hmm. you sit down you got to come up with something you got to make it cool and you know you just do the best job you can mm-hmm. when did that so, start happening for you that that ability to be able to book you know yourself out for an extended period of time is that been for a handful of years or is this is this something that you continue to kind of it's something that's new. Um, I mean, in Arizona, I had, I had the local clientele, you know, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be booked out about a few months, you know, probably yeah. two to four months at a time. Uh, that was probably after about, you know, maybe five, five or six years of tattooing. Um, I've, I never really had a hard time being busy, you know, in, in Arizona, I, even in my, my early, early days tattooing, it was, it was pretty consistent. You know, we had a good, I was at a good shop and, there's a lot of walk-ins and stuff. So, um, but as far as getting people from out of state, uh, I'd say maybe two and a half, three years ago, kind of yeah. when I first started doing doing shows, trying to get out there. And 
uh, it happened pretty quick, man. Like I, I would do shows and, and not book anything, you know, I couldn't book anything. And then probably six months later I was, I was booked for all my travels. So shit, man, that's, uh, that's incredible. You know, it, it, and so that traveling, that putting that work in being out there, probably losing money on shows and, and doing that, it still paid off in the, in the long run. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I remember I did Chicago and I think Baltimore back to back were two of the first ones I set out to do in the year. And, uh, I I think I did like three tattoos. They were all little, little tattoos. They're all walk-ups, but, um, you know, one show I had the, the spider, the widow print, I sold out of it. Uh, the next show I had, I had that one plus, uh, the moth one, which was follow up to that. And then I, you know, again, I didn't tattoo much, but I sold out of the prints again. So, you know, I, I kept just coming up with new prints and bringing mm-hmm. those with me. And yeah. before I knew it, you know, people started recognizing, like I was saying, and I started getting booked. Yeah, no, that's great, man. Um, when you had that first, uh, when you submitted that first piece of artwork to Ryan and it, and it came back, you know, rejected for, for whatever reason, what was your process to, to develop something else? Did you have something on deck that you knew you wanted to kind of submit or was it, was it back to the square one drawing board for you? For uh, that t-shirt? It was back to square, back to square one. I mean, Ryan, he, he loved the piece I submitted and he was like, yeah, this is great. You know, but it, it's kind of like, uh, it was a girl and, uh, a girl in a rose, but she's like covered in blood and she's licking blood off her finger. I don't know. I, I used to put blood in a lot of my work. I, you know, I don't know why, but, uh, it just looked cool. But, yeah, it does. <laughs> so, you know, I, I can kind of see why that they kind of couldn't market that to, you know, certain stores or whatever. Sure. But it's not as, it's not as graphic as it sounds, but it's still kind of, you know, she's like licking it off her finger and I get kind of, you know, but, um, so I guess I, I kind of just tried to tone it down and do something that wasn't mm-hmm. as intense, I guess, you know. So uh, yeah. it's like anything else, it was just, you know, kind of had the idea to do a girl with a bird and just started sketching and it turned into something. Mm-hmm. Do you do you ever get tired of doing girls? Uh, no, not really. I mean, uh, it's, it's sometimes it's it's nice to get something else once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's really it's just the challenge of making them different every time yeah 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 i mean you get a lot of a lot of people will do i mean you have those artists that kind of stand out and with an ability to be able to capture kind of that emotion in the piece and i think yours do that i i think that you know another one that pops in another person that pops into my head that that does that is valerie vargas you know amazing at, at being able to capture a feeling you know and and put that into into the girl's face or into the, into the character's face that, that you're putting on, into this tattoo. So I think you do a great job. I think you do a great job at doing that, man. And, and it's, it's cool to see, yeah. it's cool to see the, the, the level of work you're doing. Um, and how you're, I think, you know, I think you're part of those, you know, the artists that are pushing, you know, pushing the industry and you're, and you're, and you're taking some of the, that old school sentiment, but you're, you're adding a new flair to it. So it's, it's really cool to see. Well, thank you, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I really try to, like you said, bring emotion to the face. So I appreciate the compliment. That, mm-hmm. That's kind of exactly what I'm trying to do. So, Yeah. No, it's, where does the, where does that respect for those old kind of old school or traditional 
aesthetics or, or images come from? Is that, is that, did that come in, in your apprenticeship? Did somebody instill that, those guys that you were working with? Or is that something you just, being a part of the industry, wanted to dive in because it's part of it, you know? Yeah. Um, it was kind of, you know, Sage, Sage O'Connell, he's, he's the guy I was directly, you know, he, I apprenticed directly under him, you know what I mean? But uh, the shop was pretty well-rounded. So I had a bunch of people around me doing different things. And he, uh, you know, he's a black and gray you know, probably mostly, mostly kind of a portrait artist. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, then, uh, really good portrait artist. Yeah. Sage is awesome, man. I, I have a lot of respect for that guy. Um, but there was, uh, like I said, I know I've, I've talked about Timo a few times, but he's, he's really the main, the main reason that there's traditional influence in my work because mm-hmm. he, he's more known as a, I wouldn't say he's traditional, but he's got a lot of, you know, uh, traditional feel to his work. Um, but he kind of got me going on that. And I started like, you know, my brain couldn't uh, simplify as, as much as it, as I needed to, you know? So it was like, I was drawing these terrible traditional pieces. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, it, it's funny. I remember I was drawing this traditional piece in my room at the shop and uh, Catfish Carl was there for, you know, the, the convention or whatever. And I had this, uh, there was a portrait that I'd drawn um, hanging up in my room at the shop. And, Carl kind of comes over and looks at what I'm drawing. It was like, you know, traditional skull, rose and stuff like that. And uh, he's like, yeah, what are you drawing? I was like, yeah, just, just making a, you know, tattoo I got to do later. And he's like, oh, well, why, why are you drawing like that when you can draw like that? <laughs> and I was like, just felt kind of stupid. You know, I was like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like was, I didn't have an answer. Was that a time, was that a time when you kind of were, having to take on those projects. I mean, there's, there's something to be said for, you know, yeah, I can do this particular style or I can draw this very well, but Hey man, this is what came through the door. This is what's putting, you know, the, the 300 bucks in my pocket tonight. Um, no, I mean, it, it wasn't something I had to do. It was, uh, to be honest with you, I, you know, I, um, I respected the traditional artwork, you know what I mean? I respect portrait artists. So like, you know, I, I wasn't putting down traditional artists by any means, but you know what I was saying before. Mm-hmm. But, no, um, no, I, I don't you know, think for, anybody for me, took it that way. Yeah, sure. Um, but it, it's just it wasn't how I how I draw. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, my my traditional work when I first started trying to do it, it was so far from what I was doing before that it was just awful. <laughs> uh, and then you know it kind of started to develop and get a little better. But I uh, I, di- I didn't want to be a portrait artist, but I realized that I also wasn't a traditional artist, but I liked that kind of, I liked the bold lines and the, the heavy blacks. You know, I, I was, I was kind of more drawn to the traditional stuff, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was something that like, I wanted it in my work. So rather than trying to combine the two, you know, I kind of, I started going more of the traditional route. Um, and then one day I kind of realized that I like, I'm not a traditional artist, you know, like I like, I like details and, um, you know, so that's kind of how everything kind of ended up meshing into something a little, uh, kind of somewhere in between, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And once I found that, you know, it was like, I was, I was enjoying myself more. I was pushing myself harder, you know, mm-hmm. like once I, I was kind of ignoring my strong points, uh, you know, that's probably the best way I can say it. And I feel that like you need to embrace what you're good at and, mm-hmm. you know, what do you think, to... what do you think makes a good tattooer? What I think makes a good tattoo or a good tattooer? A good tattooer. What qualities? Um, I guess somebody that's, you know, um, 
somebody that kind of understands um, longevity, I guess, mm-hmm. composition, color theory. Um, but, you know, maybe at the same time, you know, if you're doing only black and gray, I guess, I guess you don't need to worry about color theory too much. So I, I guess just anybody that's pushing themselves, you know, just trying to do something different or just constantly going, you know, there's a lot of people doing that, man. There's a lot of people killing it. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a hard question to answer, you know, but I, I guess anybody that's kind of open-minded, anybody that can take criticism, I feel that's yeah. a big part of, of uh, growing as an artist is being able to, you know, take, take criticism and not get insulted by it. Yeah. Know? Is that something you learned over the years or were you always good at kind of taking those critiques or is it something that I remember getting my first like harsh critique where somebody basically told me and, and I'm, I'm still friends with this guy and I'm, I'm stoked that he told me this shit because it was honest and it was his interpretation as a as an artist that had been tattooing at least as you know around the same time as me and um you basically told me to not do anything bigger than a palm sized tattoo. You know, I needed to get back to basics and look at my reference and it was a hard thing to deal with, you know, but I knew where it was coming from, that he was coming from a place that was, I want to see this guy get better. You know, I'm not, I don't want to rip this guy down, but I also need him to know these are the things that he should work on. Oh, sure. Um, I, I mean, it, it can be hard to take criticism, you know, like you do something you're proud of and you show it to somebody and they're like, well, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. But at the same time, if, you know, you, you get another set of eyes on something and if all they're saying is, oh, yeah, that's great, you're going to be like, oh, sweet. You know, it's, it's not going to make you any better. Like, mm-hmm. once people start pointing out what, you're, what you need to work on and what, what your weak points are, you know, you can, you can fix those things. You can, yeah, I think you can that work was... On so, yeah, that was the that was the thing with... With me, I, I'd been at a place where I'd only ever really heard, you know, up to that point, you know, you hear little critiques here and there, but um, you're hearing from your clients. Your clients are coming to you to get tattooed. They're not going to talk shit on your work. They think you're the shit. You know, they think you're the best thing since sliced bread. So you're going to be fed that, you know, and it takes, I think, a lot of times those other people that are in your life, those friends, and those artists that you respect to take a step back because they're not involved in the in that relationship. You know, they can look at it from an outside perspective. I, I think it's good to surround yourself with those people who can be open and honest with you. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, like uh, a guy, a guy I used to work with. You know, one of my best friends. He, uh, his name's Tony. We kind of we would critique each other's work a lot, and we kind of made this agreement. Like, all right, it's like. If you see something, don't ever just say, like, all right, it's cool. Like, if you see something that's wrong or if it sucks or, you know, just be straight up about it. And mm-hmm. that was years ago, you know, and to this day, like, we'll still show each other stuff and be like, nah, I don't like this, you know. Like, and it, it helps, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, people just telling you everything's great, it's, it's not going to get you anywhere. It's not. It, it, it is not. And you need those, you need that yin and that yang, man. You need the, the good with the bad to find that balance and... Um, it's exciting to see the work you're doing, dude. Uh, I appreciate you coming on the show, and you know, I hope to, I hope to sit down with you in person sometime and and get another chat in. Um, where can somebody reach out to you if they wanted to get on your gnarly waiting list, um, and, or wanted to get a tattoo from you while you're traveling? Um, how can they reach out to you? Um, email is the best way. Uh, you know, I, it takes me a while to get back to my emails and stuff. 
um, and again, I'm, I'm not really booking right now, but in the future I will be. But uh, the, also, the email is. <clears throat> you also have prints, though. You also have prints available and some artwork. So if somebody can't get at this point, if your books are closed, people can still get some some artwork or a piece of of Justin Hartman art, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just stocked up my big cartel uh, yesterday, actually. So it's justinhartmanart.bigcartel.com. Yeah, I have a bunch of prints on there for sale. Cool. Great, man. Well, thank you, Justin. I appreciate it. Enjoy that wonderful San Diego weather. Um, and I really appreciate you coming on and, and talking with us, being open about um, your work. And it's exciting to see, again, like I said, uh, the, the pieces that you're doing. So what's your Instagram again? And, and, um, that people can just take a quick look at your stuff. It's uh, Justin Hartman art, all one word, no underscores or anything like that. Great. Well, everybody te- who's listening, please go ahead and take a look at, uh, at Justin on Instagram and, and check out his website, Justin Hartman art. Uh, you can always find me on Instagram at OG Joe Swanson. You can also follow the official Sullen Radio page on Instagram uh, at Sullen Radio. And you can also go and check out um, new episodes, old episodes. There's going to be some bonus material and some different things happening um, on the blog uh, and the website, which is www.sullenradio.com. So go check that out and stay tuned. Um, I believe that... Um, that uh, things are going to get exciting this year. So stay tuned. We're going to be running some contests and, and some different stuff, even possibly on this episode. I think this is going to drop um, on the 4th. So you guys should be uh, hearing an announcement after this is over uh, about a contest that we're going to start on the 6th. So we're going to be running a contest from the 6th to the 15th. Um, some really cool prizes. And uh, we're going to be announcing the winner on the 18th of February. So stay tuned. Go check it out, sullenradio.com. Justin, thanks, dude. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you, Joe. I appreciate being on, man. Thank you to Justin for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Now make sure to head over to sullenradio.com this Friday, February 6th, and enter our first Sullen Radio blog contest presented by Bishop Rotary. The contest will run from February 6th to February 15th. Click on the Sullen Radio blog tab and follow the contest directions for your chance to win a Bishop Rotary tattoo machine, TCC and Sullen clothing gear, Nocturnal Ink, and much more. Enter on February 6th at sullenradio.com. Good luck and thanks for playing.